I don't want regret in my life on anything. People want to be helpful and kind. Circumstances that make them not be. And it's if you push on those circumstances, you're not going to have a good interaction. Just remember what's important. What is up, everybody? And welcome back to the Schooling Struggle Podcast. It is our belief that the only guarantee in life is that we are all going to struggle. And how we choose to embrace our struggles is what empowers us to become the best versions of ourselves. I am Pete, coming to you live, and we are getting right back into the second chapter of Keith's story. So I'm going to pick it up right where we left off as when things started to turn for him, and let's get right into it. Here we go. Uh, One of the big reporters tweets, The NBA is actively in discussions on how to finish the 2020 NBA season and said one of the sites under consideration, Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. And it just gave it a whole new life. And that was when everything flipped for me, where it was, I'm I'm done with doubting. I can do this. This is going to be what I do. And that's where where it all kind of took off from there at a whole different level for me. This just exploded um, with that. So we we put that out there. I I by no means take credit for the bubble (laughs) at Walt Disney World. It was not something I think that was unique to my thought process. I was just the first one to put virtual pen to virtual paper and get it posted somewhere for the world. I don't care what you say. I think it was your idea. (laughs) I I, I I think it came from you. It it was not a seed in their thought process until you planted that seed. Sure, I'll take it. But it was just that unique connection, right? This this crossing of my two worlds, my 20 years with Disney, my lifelong love of the NBA, and my, my knowledge of I know what both of these sides need to do to make this work. And it was pushing. And then when it became a reality, um, one of the coolest things was I had multiple teams, players, coaches, uh, front office executives, people from the NBA itself, other reporters who were going to travel and live in the bubble to report on these games, sending me emails, sending me messages on social media. Hey, yo, we're coming down there in July. Like, is it really as hot as they say? Yo, what about this? What about that? Asking a million questions. And it was it was one of the coolest things that I'll ever go through. Um, and it's funny, I always tell people whenever I get a chance to talk a little bit about story is, it was one of the coolest things in the world that I wish never happened. Because, I, you know, I, I, you know it's, it was just an output of a horrible, horrible situation uh, for the world. But it's one of the things where I... I I know you guys talk a lot about, you know, what are things that get you through? One of my things that I push all the time is, you know, it's, it's not, not really that when life gives you lemons, make lemonade, but it's just, you got to push through. You got to make the best of things and try to make it better and find another way, you know, just keep working, find another way. And that's something that I really push um, all the time is, all right, this isn't working, find another way. And that was one of the things where for me, uh, because, you know, PR regular conversations, but also my wife was like, don't quit. Don't get frustrated. Stick it out. You got to see this through. Like, like, you know, it's, you only had three weeks and it was, and she still says, she's like, those first three weeks were the happiest three weeks I had seen you in years. Um, I loved my time with Disney, but by the end I was miserable doing those two jobs and sleeping four hours a night and not really, you know, like I was just, I was struggling. It was rough. Pete knows, you know, it would take a toll, you know, on anything, anything I tried to do fitness wise. I, I couldn't sustain because it was just, I was constantly on the go. It was like, I would 
leave for work. It's, you know, leave to drop my daughter off at school between 6.30 and 7. I'd be in the office by about 7.30, 8 o'clock. I'd be there till 4.35, 6 o'clock. Then it's straight home or straight down to downtown Orlando to cover a Magic game. Back home, in bed, falling into bed at 2 in the morning. Um, and there was no time in there to be like, I want to work out. I want to do these things. And that was, and it was, I had to make those changes because it was just, I knew where this was going and it was as much as I loved it. Something was going to have to give one side or the other. And I always say I had two things I loved and in order for me to be productive and happy and what I wanted to be, I had to sacrifice one of the things that I love. I just hear so many people say, you know, I'm too old to make a change or I can't give this thing up. It's too comfortable for me. And the fact that you truly lived that out and you did it is such an inspiration for me. And then the timing of it with three weeks later, everything shuts down <laughs> and, you, and you've been been teetering on making this decision for five years and you finally commit to that thing. And then it's like someone sticks a knife in your side. It's like, yeah, you made that decision. You're done. And you didn't go back on it. You easily could have. Your boss was like, yo, We'd be happy to have you back whenever you've done a stellar job here. And I just I just think it is such an inspirational story. So what's transpired for you with your, with that career since then? Yeah, everything is more in balance in my life. I have um I still lead a very weird schedule. Covering the league is weird, right? It's uh it's it's funny though, my my time with Disney to some extent prepared me for that, right? Because with Disney, Pete knows one of the things that, that gets drilled into you is we work when others play. Right. We're, we're working on Christmas Day. Um, so for me to cover five NBA games on Christmas Day is no big deal because I hadn't had Christmas Day off for years. Um, now, instead of doing a job while while also monitoring the NBA on the side um, on my laptop, I was able to now I just do the NBA on Christmas Day. But um I am in a position where I, I control a lot more in my day. I'm not, I have no nine to five responsibilities. I um, have deadlines that I have to hit for writing and those kind of things. And what it's allowed me to do, which quite honestly, I'm only just now regrouping and fully settling into a fully new routine is I can now work in time to say, all right, this is what I'm going to do. But because of the way my day is structured, I multitask. So one of the things I do is I listen to a lot of podcasts about basketball because now that's where a lot of news and things happen is it gets released through that medium. So one of the things I do now is when I know I have an hour long podcast to listen to, I save it, then I load it up and I go on a walk and I go, you know, for like a 30 to 60 minute walk and listen to that podcast. I was brought to balance it with my family now too, where yeah, our rhythm's a little weird because because I don't really get a full break until end of July, early August, right around this time of year, um, and that's only a few weeks before school starts back up. But that's when we put things. That's when I saw Pete in person uh, at his home. Um, we we traveled up there at the end of uh, the NBA season last year, and we traveled up to New England and saw my family and saw Pete. So it's it's that balance that's back um, now. I've also now committed to you know what. If I'm tired, I'm going to go to bed. I'm not going to stay up until <laughs> 2 in the morning. I've been I'm trying going, to talk to him about sleep for years now. Um, I know, and I, it was so funny I, it, I when you guys did your whole sleep show. I was like, oh, man, this is like – I think this was aimed at me. Um, <laughs> it might have been. <laughs> I, I – I go to bed and then I record the game and then I get up at a reasonable hour the next morning and I watch it. Because unless it's something where I need to do an immediate reaction to it, I need to stay up till 2 in the morning. 
you spend your time uh, writing. Uh, you have a YouTube show and a podcast. Is that the is that are those the main three? The YouTube things show and the podcast are one. Thankfully, okay, we, we we record and release it as a show and also a podcast. So well, that's not a choice. Yeah, I, I write. I do um, in season on average of twenty to thirty radio spots a, a week, um, which are fifteen minutes ish um, each time. Um, in that range very busy at the off season be in the trade deadline because of the salary cap work that I do with the roster coverage that I do um, that, that comes up at those times. But yeah, it's the writing, it's the YouTube show, it's a podcast. I have a few sites that I work for. And then beyond that, it's a lot of just connecting with people um, through things. A lot of that over the last couple of years has been virtual um, because it's our, our media access has been limited. Um, but prior to that, it was at games, at things like Summer League. Um, that's where my Disney experience has really helped me because at Disney, we get taught, be open, be approachable, go talk to people mm. just out of the blue. You have to start a conversation and I, I have no problem doing that. I'll walk up to a player, an agent, a, a front office executive and say, Hey, I'm Keith Smith. And a lot of times they, they know who I am through work. Sometimes they don't, um, but I'll introduce myself and then, you know, Hey, I was wondering about this, you know, we'll, occasionally it'll be, I'm not going to talk about that. So, you know, and then we'll have a general conversation and talk, um, you know, everybody's really nice. It's, you know, very people are generally i think more approachable than we we fear people sometimes and it's not really the way it is right people people want to be helpful and kind i think that's the natural inclination and you know in its circumstances that make them not be and it's if you push on those circumstances you're not going to have a good interaction so when it's all right that's not where you want to go cool let's have a different conversation let's talk about something else yeah. I just think it's so cool because like our conversations have evolved from like, oh, I had to go to this meeting this week and then blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and now you're all, every Sunday you're like, yeah, I, just, I still can't believe I live this life. Yeah, I still can't believe that I cover the NBA because I've always wanted to do it as a little kid and I didn't do it for 25 years and now I'm doing it and I just think it's neat. Todd, do you have any uh, oh, God. questions so, or thoughts? I have so many questions. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So uh, first Keith, I want to thank you for for sharing your time uh, with us, but with me for sure. Like, I don't pay attention to sports whatsoever, as you may know from <laughs> if you listen to the show. Um, and so, knowing that there was a thing called the NBA bubble, and knowing that you had some kind of awesome potentially hand in that, it's like it just raises my awareness to something I had no idea about, and it it also reduces the I don't know if it's a reduction, but it, it's like it it underlines the idea that. You, we're just all people, right? Like, like it was just this guy who was nerded out about, you know, <laughs> NBA, and then suddenly the, you know, the perfect storm happened, which may or may not have had, you know, some hand. But and then this, this is the evolution of that. I think that's really cool. I have um, two two questions. I think, and I think you just touched on the last one at the end. But I, I heard throughout your story this notion of I, I I met these people. They said, you know, we'll make it work for you, and you know, you just you just give us a little bit of yourself. And it sounds like you've had good connections, like across all of the successes or all of kind of the high points of of, of what you recounted here. Um, and my question is: Is there an attribute that you attribute <laughs> to to that? Like, you know, Disney will make it work out. You know, the school PE thing. You know, you just you just give us a, give us a little bit, and and you know, we'll help support you in that. So, is it just because and. I don't want to, I don't want to afford it, but it could have been the question that you last talked to where, you know, and we all breathe the same air. It, it doesn't really matter if you go talk to somebody, just be open and willing to engage. And I, and that may or may not be the answer, but I want to ask. You. Yeah, I think it is that openness. I think I'm, I'm very open to trying things. I also, I learned 
a very early age. It's something that my parents drilled into me is um, sometimes it's just as important to know the things you don't know than to know what you do know. Mm -hmm. And that is for me is something where I, I, there's a lot of things I don't know. (laughs) There's a, you know, way more that I don't know than I do know, but I'm always open to learning new things and experiencing new things. And I, and I, I, it's funny. I don't want to say that I'm fearless because of, because Pete knows I'm, I'm, I'm certainly fearful. It took me a very long time to leave my job with Disney, mostly out of fear. It's that sense of, I, I don't want regret in my life on anything. I didn't want to regret not coming to Disney to do the internship. I didn't want to regret not chasing this NBA thing. It's something as simple as I didn't want to regret not talking to the girl I thought was cute in my training class who now we've been married for 17 years and a couple months. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I don't want to have regrets in, in those things. Um, you know, and I want to push, I, I, I owe it to, to my mom and dad. Hey, I, I don't fear hard work. Um, you know, put, push yourself. Like it's, 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 it's going to be worth it in the end. Um, you know, the, the, those are the things I think for me, it's that openness, that willing to work. And then I think I can be moody. I can be grumpy <laughs> for sure. Don't get me wrong. But I tend to think I, I try to be a very positive person when I when I when I need to be. It's hardest for me to be positive about myself and the things I'm looking to do. Um, I find it much easier to pick up and lift others and help them get to where they want to be than it is to help myself get to where I want to be. But it is um, you know, one of those things where I do try um, to keep that in mind of like, you you got this, you can do this. That's awesome. There's some there's some famous study done with uh, people that were 90 years old or older, and basically the research showed that the the 90 plus year olds were saying it wasn't the things that they did in your in life that didn't go well that they regretted. It was the things that they wanted to do and never attempted to do, and that tends to be the biggest regret in human life is what is it that I that I didn't do that I really wanted to do. And I think that's why your story your story is so special. It's obviously very special to me because of our friendship, but I just think in general. You, you followed that. Like these ninety-year-olds had to live ninety-plus years to figure that out, and you, and you went for it in in very uncomfortable times. And I just think it's really, really cool. Yeah. Todd, what I, was your? I, sorry, I just want to say one other quick thing. Sorry, Todd. I promise I'll let no, you talk on your own show here, uh, at least for a minute or two. That's um, not my show. <laughs> <laughs> I um, show. <laughs> I am. I, I say all the time, and I know this is something that resonates with Pete. Is never too old to try something new just just try it you know what's the you know and if you've if you've done things the right way leading up to it you're probably going to be okay if it doesn't work um that was something for me as i knew you know i say all the time disney's not going anywhere right disney makes it through recessions disney makes it through travel shutdowns disney made it through covid disney's going to be here no matter what because when people want to travel they generally want to do it with family and friends and they like to go somewhere where they know they're going to have a great experience. And they're going to be happy. Um, so that tends to attract them to Disney. So I knew if this doesn't work out, I always come back to Disney. But I only knew that because I was leaving it in, in a good place. I, I don't burn bridges. I don't push people out of my life. I try very hard not to cut anybody off from those kind of things. And it always stuck with me. My, my last boss was phenomenal. But I had a boss before that when I told him, hey, I'm, I'm doing He knew I'd covered the NBA for years and quite frankly, probably looked the other way a handful of times when he shouldn't mm-hmm. have when I knew I maybe wasn't as engaged in a meeting as I should be because I was <laughs> following news on my laptop. This is really embarrassing to admit. 
I started positioning myself in every meeting that I went to in a corner so that no one could <laughs> look at my shoulder and see if I was paying attention. Um, <laughs> but I also knew um, I was pretty good at my job and I can multitask very well. That is probably my single best skill is I can multitask um, very, very well and I can engage while doing something else. Um, so my wife would probably say otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I know at least work-wise, I was good with that. But one of the things is this other boss said to me, he goes, you know, he goes, there's two things I live by is one is no one's ever going to die saying, I wish I had spent another day at work. And then his other thing was, he would always say, just remember what's important. It's, it's not going to be about the job. It's not going to be about how much money you make. It's not going to matter all that stuff. It's about the people and do what you want to do that is going to take care of your people that you need to take care of, but it's going to put you with the people you want to be. And then what he always ended it with, but remember one of those people is you, you need to make sure you're taking care of you um, within those people. And I, that was something that's always stuck with me. And as you know, I've, I've held on to that. Right before I was leaving for one of my kind of big trips early on, one of my neighbors walked up to me and said, Pete, just remember this as you travel throughout the globe, when this crazy trip you're about to do, you can always come home and have a sandwich. And that was just really reassuring really to me. Like, if everything goes horribly, I can come home and have a sandwich. And that was uh, that was helpful. What do you got, Todd? I have so many, but I've, I've got to cut through the weeds. Um, <laughs> I know that you, I know at one point you said kind of when um, it sounds to me like after you kind of made the shift into the analytic side of, of of basketball and like knowing all these caps and all this stuff and being able to articulate that to other people that you began to feel the confidence and success of <laughs> maybe I do know what I'm talking about. <laughs> maybe do, maybe people do really like this thing or see, see benefit in it. And I saw in your face, which, I, which the listeners can't get, but um, a reflection of myself. And I wanted to ask you, um, did it take a, a single event to flip the switch and quiet that imposter that you always knew like was lingering about? Or was it like, I don't know the best way, like, it seems like when the thing took off, like the, the major thing, you were like, yeah, that's it, right? And now I'm never going back. So is that how you see it? Or was it like just a culmination of smaller little steps that finally got you to the thing that was like, ah? Yeah, it was, it was probably a lot of it was just little stuff building on it. Um, finding that my people that liked the same thing I liked, you know, that were super interesting. But I, I always go back to, um, there was a, coach uh he coached the orlando magic this guy named scott skiles oh an um, nba coach go figure that he out was an coach, correct uh for okay. the orlando magic super grumpy guy all the time in the magic war terrible so imagine we're interviewing this guy night after night after his team has lost games often in very embarrassing fashion and i remember one time i asked him a question i was like i was like you're at the end of a long season how can you keep guys motivated who maybe they're not going to be here next year? Maybe they're not going to do that. And he paused and he looked up and he said, you know, that's a really good question. And then he went on to give an answer. And for me, getting that that's a really good question from him in that moment was a, I can do this. Like now I, I'm glad you use the word imposter uh, syndrome because there's occasionally times when I still feel like that yeah. where I'll feel like, you know, man, I'm in this locker room with these dudes who make millions of dollars. Sometimes <laughs> these big name reporters, I'm just a kid from Bridgewater, Massachusetts who stumbled into doing this. And like, what am I, yo, you uh, didn't stumble how? into it. You worked your butt off to get there. <laughs> like, Give yourself credit. Sorry. True. But it, that's is how it feels at times, but getting that 
answer back of, you know, that in, in, and then, and I will say he gave a very thoughtful answer after that. And then anytime you get one of those, it's almost like no matter what you're driven by, if you get that praise, it still feels really good, right? It still feels great to like get that praise from, from people that you're working with and, and those kind of things. So that's the one that really sticks out to me that said, you can do this. This is like, like I, like, like I'm here. I can play with these guys. Like I'm not, I don't have to sit back. I don't have to hold my questions, my thoughts, because you know, I don't, I'm not good enough or whatever it is. I was like, I can do this. I can get these. And, and a cool thing aside to that story was this guy who he covered the magic more directly than I did. So he was with him every day, practices, road trips, all that stuff. He came over and he goes, I've been this, with this guy all year long and I've never gotten a good question. That made my day. So that was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I had one more, but I don't know if it, like, I'll just throw it out there. You can answer if you want. Um, when you can, in my industry, I see this a lot with people who are, especially our age where I could leave, but I have these, you know, these Disney handcuffs or, you know, all these, these different reasons not to leave that inspire fear and hold us back. And I wondered, uh, you, you said, you know, you, you had different revenue streams and a lot of times people, they, they always put it monetarily, typically, like it's always something related to that. Well, it's my benefits or it's my kids or, you know, something that helps, helps perpetuate those things. Um, was there a way that you, that you simplified the way to math doing, anticipating that change? Because a lot of people are like, I don't even know what to think about to consider for what the Delta would be between what I have now and what it would, they see it as be missing, but what it would be. Yeah. This is where my combination of Disney and the NBA stuff comes together because it's all about math in so much of my world. So I literally sat down and did what I always do. I made a spreadsheet. Mm. <laughs> so here's my Disney income. Here's all of our bills. Here's everything we do. Um, we, uh, Pete knows this. We, several years ago, just through our 20s and 30s and doing things like last minute buying tickets to go to the Super Bowl to watch the Patriots blow an undefeated season. Um, in, some, in some dark alley and inside a closet <laughs> in a sketchy apartment. Um, I, we accumulated a, a lot of debt. And my wife and I were looking at it and saying, we make way too much money to be living paycheck to paycheck like this. Mm -hmm. This is crazy. And had we not gotten ourselves in line several years before I made this career change, I never would have been able to do it. So I wouldn't have been able to see how to make the math work. So this is where my question was. So this is a question is, would you have just not have done it if you couldn't have put the analytics to it? Yeah, probably. I probably would have. If I didn't have, if I couldn't sit down and plug in all the numbers coming in versus what's going out and know we'd be okay. I wouldn't have done it because it wouldn't have been fair to my wife and daughter. I would have said, no, that's not, I can't ask them to sacrifice more um, than what we're already going to sacrifice. And I will say this too. She is great. She's super detail oriented. So she would be like, Hey, remember we only do this once a year, but we have to pay for this. And then she was the one who was like, now remember, yeah, you're leaving. I have benefits. But my benefit costs go up mm-hmm. um, because now I have to carry you. You're not you're not carrying yourself anymore. So all those things. So we sat down and, like I said, I built a spreadsheet, did all the math out, and it was all right. We got to find X. Then it became where can we find X? How do we find to cut X out of our lives um, that won't negatively impact us? Because again, I didn't want them to have to give up anything. Yeah. 
so we did little things like we changed our cable package <laughs> and eliminated probably a hundred channels. I don't think we ever watched yeah, right. that saved 10 bucks a month. And then we changed this, we changed that. And we, we, when we started cutting those things back and it's so funny, I can't tell you how many times we've now sat and been like, we should have done that yeah. 15 years ago. Yeah. Right. And you know, before all this, but it's, it's, um, you know, that was just one of these added benefits, but you're absolutely right. If I couldn't have made the math work, wouldn't have done it. I would have said, Nope. Um, and I'll but on the flip you, side of that, you worked hard enough to create those revenue streams to make it work. It wasn't like, eh, yeah, this is, you know, this is this money's haphazardly coming in for my MBA stuff. I'm not really working hard to get it. Uh, yeah, I think I can make it work. It was like, no, like I have this re- revenue stream and now I'm going to go try to get this one and this one. And I want to keep working. I'm going to yeah. keep working until the equilibrium is balanced enough to make this switch. One of the things people say to me all the time is, man, you're right everywhere or you've ridden everywhere and that's part of why because it was hey can i do something for you once a week once a month every other week you know whatever it is and it would be yeah we can do that we can pay you x for that and then we'd put that together and then we'd cut you know put put all those things together and that's how we were able to to stay in a good place you know other than that blip at the start of the pandemic which we you know but that's no different than millions of people around the world struggled through that period we but yeah we came back on the other side but yeah i wouldn't have made it work and and i'll tell you you're todd your co-host here i can't tell you how many times this is what what this guy will do and who he is was hey if if things really go sideways i got you like we'll 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 make sure you're okay and it was always like yeah i and i knew it wasn't a hollow gesture because i know today if i say like hey i need i need something you know, um, I remember you telling the story, Peter, your buddy saying, go in my sock drawer. Right? <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> it was, this was the, that was the pay it forward, right? was, you know, I knew if, 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 uh, you know, if I needed it, but I also know that that's only there because Pete knows I'm not going to ask for that to then turn around and be like, Hey, yeah, we went to Paris for the yeah, week. Right. Right. Like it's, you know, that wouldn't be what it would, it would, would have been a situation where like, Hey, we're not going to make the mortgage this month. Like, can you help a little bit? And I know, you know, that was there. And I, in my, my, I will tell you, my parents were just like, they were initially like, don't go work at Disney. They were the number one people like, are you insane to -hmm. give up this career? And I think the difference is between our age, right? We're all roughly the same age and our parents is they were get a career stay there forever, make as much money as you can, and then retire. And for me, at least it was, I could have kept doing that. And I could have, could have let the basketball thing stay a hobby, or I could have drastically cut back and said, it's just going to be part-time, but it was, I don't want to do that. I want to go, go, go do this instead. And I also know if I work hard enough at the basketball stuff, I'll rebound. That'll replace what I was making at Disney. I can, I can figure that part of it out. We'll, we'll be okay. We'll be comfortable. And now we're, now that things are getting a little bit back more to normal, we're, we're turning that corner and getting back to headed to where I want to be. But it is, you know, I, I, I find that was a big learning for me as the motivations are very different between the generations where it was, you know, in their mind, it was like, why would you ever leave, mm-hmm. you know, a stable career where you're probably going to be, you could be there for 40 years, retire and then be good. And, and I remember, I remember having the conversation and saying to my dad, I remember saying to him, you know, I said, I think you think that way because through your career, sometimes things went a different way and a place would shut down and you'd get laid off or whatever it was. And I said, for me, I know that's always there and I can go back to it if I want. I said, but I don't want to work for 40 years, retire. And then be like, now what? 
Now what do I do? Yep. Like I, I don't, I, I wanted to, I want to do it now, you know, versus waiting, you know, down the line. So to, to bring this all back full circle, um, I think what's really cool is when, when the fit was hitting the Shan with Keith and just like trying to figure out the revenue streams and all that. I remember one Sunday we were talking and he said to me, Hey, guess what? And I said, what? He goes, you know, those roster sheets I've been doing since middle school. I go, yeah. He goes, so I put that up on the internet and people can pay to view them. <laughs> and I have a ton of people that are paying me every month to look at my sheets. Awesome. And I just thought this thing that you started in middle school ended up being one of the, one of the things that kind of kept you going when you needed it most. And I thought that was really, really cool. To, that passion just followed through forever. Kind of ended up being, I'm not going to say a life raft, but it was definitely a helpful thing at a time when you needed it most. Mm. And the moral for me or the takeaway for me is chase what you love and things will fall into place. Yeah, I, so, no, I do. Occasionally I'll do talks with people. We'll be like, hey, can you talk about your career and how you got to here? And if it's on the basketball side and it's, you know, and I'll tell them like, I didn't do it for 20 years, right? I did something else for, for 20 years. And then I would explain to people like, kind of add on to what Pete says is I have a couple rules that I tell people all the time. Chase what you want to do and it'll probably work out, but work really, really hard. The minute you accept money, do what you say you're going to do for that money. Do it when you say you're going to do it for that money. Don't don't accept money from people and not deliver because that's not fair to them. Right? They're investing in you. You invest back in them by delivering on what they asked for. And then the last thing is I tell people all the time, if you ever find yourself saying, I don't want to do this. It's probably time to have a conversation with somebody that you trust that you can say, I don't know if I want to do this, but if you love it, it's never going to be work. And I I say, since I left Disney, I've worked really, really hard, but I haven't woken up a single morning feeling like I don't want to do this anymore. And it is every day. It's, there are days just like everybody else where everything goes sideways and the programs aren't working. And there's times I open a word document and the words won't come and I get stuck and I'm just like, I, I can't write now. Like it's too, it's too hard. And I get frustrated and I'll get, you know, angry and those kind of things, but it's still not a bad day. Like it's transitioned and do something else for a little while and then come back to it. And it always comes back around. And that's where I just, I, I, you know, I just, I want everybody chase, chase, whatever, whatever that passion is, you know, chase. I had a conversation with a guy the other day. He was like, yeah, I like basketball. He's like, but you know what I really like doing? He's like, I really like making chairs. And it was the craziest thing to me. We proceeded to have a 30 minute conversation about how you make a chair. Cause that's not, I don't know how to make a chair. I don't even know what to do to make a chair. And he went through the whole process of how he makes chairs. And I said, what you should do you should probably make chairs, man. Like this is like, like do the basketball thing. If you want on the side, like you, cause you can just feel that passion, right? When he was so animated, he was so jazzed about telling me how you make a chair. And then he went into all, like, I, I didn't know there were so many kinds of chairs. Like this is now a whole thing for me where I'm like, man, like chairs are like, I always thought you just sit on them. Right. But he went through this whole thing and I was like, man, go make chairs, dude. Like that's obviously what you love doing. And he just, this was probably two, three months ago. And he's like, hey, he goes, so I wanted to tell you, he's like, I made a couple chairs. And I sold them for a lot of money. And he's like, so my wife was like, make more chairs then. Like, why are you doing these other things? And, you know, so it's just one of those things, whatever your passion is, chase it, right? Because it, it'll probably work out. You know, it's not to use that old quote of, you know, find the job you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Because it's not true. I don't believe that. You will work. 
you will work really, really hard, but you won't regret it yeah. and you won't be miserable doing it. And it won't be toil, you know, right? Like it'll just exactly. it'll be something fulfilling. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. You're going to feel good about the, yeah. the effort you put in at the end of that. Awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So you, you answered a lot of the questions that I had in this, in this last conversation. So um, I'm going to pass it over to Todd. Is there any other concluding questions or remarks you had? Or My God, What's anything? your wife's name? Danielle. Danielle, you kick ass. Good job. <laughs> I've never met her. It seems like she's pretty cool. But uh, no, just thank, thank you again for your time, Keith. It's it's been a, a an absolute pleasure. So no, Todd, I, I will tell that. you. I listen to you guys. Pete knows this. I listen on one point five or two times speed. Uh-huh. Reconcile in my head. I do that every time I talk to somebody I listen to regularly on podcasts. If I then have a an actual you know person to person conversation with them, I'm like, man, you sound different. And I get that back a lot too. Yeah. And my yeah. struggle is I talk very fast sometimes. I talk Same. a lot. So I, I talk very fast because I want to get more stuff in there when, when I do talk a lot. So The data says that 1% of our listeners come from Florida. And I think that's 100% Keith. So that's <laughs> <laughs> great. Every week, man. Would you, would you tell me, we're the only, non-pod, the only non-basketball podcast you listen to? Two. I have two non-basketball nice. podcasts I listen to. This oh, one yeah. and the, the other one. The Drunken Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> people who get drunk and play Dungeons and Dragons. And, and Keith is, doesn't even play Dungeons and Dragons. I've never played Dungeons and Dragons in my life. But do they get <laughs> drunk? Like they start playing and they they start drinking yeah, at the same time, or they're already yeah. The that's pretty good. Yeah. It's a it, it is a funny <laughs> funny. Li- yeah. It's it's the stupidest thing in the world, and it never fails to make me laugh yeah. and pick me up. And I'll tell you, tell you, Todd, you may not know this. Pete knows this. Your podcast, and I know you guys, it drops at different times throughout the week. Sometimes <laughs> that's my fault. It'll always <laughs> fail. It never fails to land. When I need something different, <laughs> when I'm like, I need something that's not an NBA podcast right now. It is the perfect length for school pickup for me. Jump in the car, I throw you guys on, and it never fails. If it's a day where I'm like, I just I can't do another NBA podcast. I I need I need to take you know a thirty minute break. It never fails that it's like new yeah schooling struggle podcast popped Beautiful. up in your feet <laughs> and then I play it so yeah it's been, I, I appreciate you guys it's um yo know, it's cool and I've I've you know I can't tell you I've told a handful of people like hey listen to this like especially certain episodes especially the sleep one I I, I try to tell 50, 60 different people I'm like go listen to this because this is a huge problem in our industry none of us sleep enough and we yeah. our sleep schedules are such a mess I can't tell how many people I work with who are like. And they, they almost wear it as a badge of honor, whereas like yeah, I was mm-hmm. up till five right. writing, and then I was up at seven to do this, and I'm like, that's not, that's yeah. bad. Like, yeah, I think yeah. those days are gonna are gonna be gone in a little while. You yeah, know, we're getting there. He, it's- yeah. Without Keith, this podcast never would have happened because he he launched one before us, and I just picked his brain and was just so inspired by what he's doing. So, speaking of which, Keith, before you bounce out, can you just let us know the different platforms or places that people can check oh, out your yeah. content? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um. The primary places I write right now uh, for Celtics, uh, Boston Celtics specific coverage is on Celtics blog as part of SB Nation. Um, I cover all things Celtics there. A lot of fun this last year because they made it to the finals. Um, so we, we get a lot more uh, readers and people discovering us that maybe hadn't. Um, I write for a website called Spot Track, which is um, where I write about everything, salary cap, contract, all that stuff related there. Um, then I do um, our show, the NBA Front Office Show, um, which is on both YouTube, um, if you prefer to watch, um, or on anywhere you listen to podcasts or on all of them um, there. It's just called the NBA Front Office Show. 
um, much like I did here today. I monopolize all of it. I let my co-host Trevor speak about 5% of the time, um, but he's good about <laughs> teeing me up. We, we have a blast. We have a lot of fun on that show. We, we get off into these goofy tangents about Marvel stuff and, you know, uh, the Marvel cinematic universe and sometimes other weird things, but it's primarily about basketball and we have a lot of fun doing it. Awesome. Awesome. We're so, so grateful for your time. I, I was just really psyched that a big trade didn't break in the middle of this conversation because that would have, <laughs> that would have ended our conversation. I know your, your work truly is 24 seven. Like you always have to be on. You probably saw me and look I, at my phone five or six different times when little notifications. I, I, I texted you and said, my hope is that Kevin Durant doesn't make a move <laughs> during our 90 minute conversation. So thank you so much. And for all of you that are listening, we're so grateful. We appreciate your ears. We thank you for your time. And as always, we're incredibly grateful for your attention. We are the School and Struggle Podcast. We are out. See ya. Thank you, Keith.